0: Blog Talk Radio. Where at the line? Artificial! 147!
1: World record upset in the pace! 18 on the inside, here comes Papagayo from Norway! And Papagayo on the inside takes the $1 million Jackers International Front.
2: Mike Carter. It's opened up a five length advantage. On the outsiders, There,
0: bills and second in comes Colton's Ray Activator goes on a champion tonight.
2: And Mike Bozich. Father Patrick, be a magician, can't reach Father Patrick, we just not axi lead. On BlogtalkRadio.com. This time with Mike, and Mike is presented by Bet America. Mike Carter is off tonight. Tonight it is a special report, as towards the bottom of the hour, we will hear about our industry through the eyes of potential race fans. That's right. I had a chance to sit down and talk with two people, part of a generation that our industry badly needs to survive. Thirty-somethings. People, one of them was thirty, the other was thirty-two. Alex Worson, and his fiancée, Pamela Epstein. Young, educated professionals with discretionary income looking for things to do with their spare time. And just about a month ago or so, they attended a racetrack, Alex, for the first time in a long time. Pamela, for the very first time ever. And uh, basically the question is, is what would it take for Harness Racing to make fans of people like them? So we figured we would take the question right to the people that we need to attract. That's coming up towards the bottom of the hour. Plus, the voice of Navy football and Rosecroft Raceway, Pete Matters, will be joining us. He's going to reflect on the racetrack's first season under new ownership and what's ahead for the uh, Fort Washington Oval coming up in 2017. Plus, it's our ongoing series about Pompadour Park. The director of racing, Gabe Prud, will update, update us on the happenings at the winter capital of harness racing down in warm... Florida. I should reiterate that. Warm Florida. Plus, we've got driver Corey Callahan. That's coming up next. Of course, Corey Callahan just got his 5,000th driving win. His thoughts on Australia's new whipping rule. That is coming up in just a couple of minutes. But first of all, in case you haven't heard, it's right on the USDA's main website. The Van Patch Award winning trotters were announced. And uh if you haven't heard, uh here are some of those awards. The two-year-old male Trotter of the Year, Walner, of course, no. Uh no surprise there, seven of eight, over forty thousand dollars, had that sizzling one fifty-one and three mark out, the red mile, the world record. Congratulations to Linda Toscano and company of Walner, two-year-old Philly Trotter of the Year, uh Ariana G. Congratulations to those connections, 9 of 11 in the win column, over $740,000 in purses. Uh, three-year-old male trotter, Marion Marauder, no surprise there. Congratulations to Paula Wellwood, Mike Keeling, uh, driver Scott Ceron, uh, Devin Keeling, Marion Wellwood, uh, of course, Marion Marauder, the winner of the 2016 Trotting Triple Crown. Also, three-year-old female Trotter of the Year, Broadway Donna. Congratulations to those connections. Fashion Farms trainer Jim Campbell. All-of-famer Dave Miller was the driver's seven of 12 of the win column, over $660,000 in career earnings. Ab Regado, special congratulations to... Uh, Breeder Michael Andrew, of course, the Paul Kelly Racing Stables. Paul's been on this show several times. And driver Mark McDonald, 7 of 17, over $800,000 in purses. Abregato, the older male Trotter of the Year. Congratulations to him and the older female Trotter of the Year. Hanalore Hanover with 151 votes. We've heard Walner were the top vote getters. Walner and... Uh, uh, well, Ariana G had 152. Walnut had 151. But 151 votes to Han- Hannelore Hanover. Congratulations to the Connections Breeders, Hanover Shoe Farms, owner Burke Racing, Weaver Buscemi, Frank Baldacchino, and Jerry and Teresa Silva Stables. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by BetAmerica, is just getting started. When we come back, we're going to pick the brain of the driver. One of the leading drivers out nowadays, Captain Corey Callahan, and uh, Corey's gonna talk a little bit about Australia's new whip-free rule, which is coming up pretty quick. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by BetAmerica.
3: Hello, this is Kayla Stra, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over two hundred racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to Bet America receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way.
2: Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings, while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike bozich along with Mike Carter. Right now, we're joined by the one and only Captain Corey Callahan. Corey recently got his 5,000th driving. Well, I guess it wasn't too recently; it's about a month, month and a half ago. Corey, welcome to the program.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me.
2: Congratulations on that 5,000th win. It had to be special because it was uh, driving a horse that has been fantastic in the free-for-all ranks this uh, year. Mel Mara, your thoughts on your 5,000th win?
4: Yeah, it was definitely a good horse to win it on. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, just luck of the draw, you could end up, you know, winning it on a on a cheap claimer or something like that. I mean, regardless, it's special nonetheless. But, you know, to win it in a like that on a horse like that, you
2: know, it's it's something like nice that on the wall. Yeah, certainly. Corey, uh the reason we want to talk to you, and this is uh kind of a topic that we're going to discuss over the next couple of weeks as we move into twenty seventeen here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. An article came out a couple of days ago that uh Australia, uh, Harness Racing Australia, Jeff Want was uh is the commissioner, I believe, that made the announcement that Australia in two thousand and seventeen will go whip-free, and we're going to bring in some drivers to try to get some of their thoughts, and uh, you are the first one, my friend. I want uh, to get your thoughts a little bit on uh, what they're doing over there.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, I personally, I think it's, uh, you know, a little bit ridiculous. I mean, I, I think that jurisdictions can do what they can to, um, you know, make it, Look to the to the public where it's not an eyesore, you know. In terms of you know guys really bringing their arms back and really um, you know hitting a horse. I mean, I would say you know if, if if you were to watch you know the Meadowlands or Woodbine or you know whatever any one of any one of the you know premier racing uh, tracks here in Philadelphia, um, Poconos, you know you're not going to see people. Feeding on horses, and and when I was in Australia, I mean, I never saw any, you know, really flagrant whip use, and, um, and it, I think it's going to make for a very bad, uh, you know, um, product, you, what, what the public is going to see. I mean, there's going to be a lot of loose line driving, um, you know, a lot of people kind of bringing their lines up and, you know, the way I said it on Twitter was it's going to look like people driving chuck wagons out in the wild (laughs) west. Like, yeah, you know, like they just robbed the bank and they're trying to get out of there. Um, you know, I mean, in in all of horse sports, I mean, um, you know, even when people are breaking, you know, a, a riding horse, I mean, they, they have a crop, they have a whip, like they'll lunge them and they'll take the whip. I mean, it's, it's just used as a, you know, um, a device to, you know, make the horses go forward. I mean, even, I would say even, like, if you if you were to go to, like, the 4-H fair, people had, like, a a pig there or something. I mean, they have a stick. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's a training tool, and they're talking about taking whips from training, from driving. Um, you know, I just, I think it's a little, it's a little, uh, over the top. I mean, I don't see them taking the wits from, you know, the thoroughbred guys. I mean, they didn't mention anything about taking them from them. So, you know, I just, I don't think it's the right way to go for the sport.
2: This is something, uh, if you read the article, this is something that was kind of six years in the making over there, and over that span of six years, They were cracking down a little bit, enforcing new rules, implementing new rules, and then finally we get to the uh, ban of whips. And here we go in the United States, where it seems like it's similar. I mean, over the last five or ten years you've seen certain racing jurisdictions um, you know, just implement rules. Uh you know, you gotta keep both hands in the handhold. Uh some states you can only whip three times down the stretch. Some states are this, some states are that. It's really no uniformity here in the United States. As a matter of fact, I don't know how you guys do it, how you could remember where you were and what the exact whipping rules are for the for the place that you're at. But Corey, do you see the United States and the whipping rules and the direction that it's going? Do you see the United States eventually doing something like this?
4: I really don't think so. I mean, you know, it, it could happen, but, you know, we have seen changes in our whipping rules, um, and they have since kind of gone back to, you know, the original way. I mean, I, I think that there definitely need to be whipping rules. I mean, you know, there people should not be coming down the stretch, I mean, just absolutely wailing on a horse, that's not, that's not what you should, what you should see, but, you know, I mean, there's also a, a safety issue, I mean, if, you know, if you get locked up, I mean, sometimes you need the whip, you know, to, to make the horse go forward, so that you can, you know, get unhooked, and, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of things, um, you know, that that wouldn't be good if they if they were to take the whips completely away. And it, even, I, you know, I don't, from a gambling standpoint, you know, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot more people, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, he wasn't trying to win with that horse. You know, a lot of us are going to, the way the game is now, I mean, you try to keep, it's, it's so much of a speed game, and you're trying to keep the bit in the horse's mouth and, like, Make sure that they're still going forward, and you're going to see a lot of people like, you know, kind of trying to keep the bit in their mouth. And it's going to be a perception to the public if there's no whip that, you know, these guys are pulling back on the horse, so to speak.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, and I've, you know, been out here for three years now, and I'll tell you that's one thing about, you know, and you guys are professionals, East Coast drivers are absolutely the very best in the business, and very rarely, if not. I don't think at any time have I ever seen anything that has come close to to being any kind of abusive uh, as far as the whips go. But, you know, to new fans, and earlier in, in this program um, we had a chance to interview some new fans, and that was kind of one of their concerns uh, was, you know, the whip and just kind of the perception of it all. Do you think that racing perhaps needs to do a better job of educating the fans, basically to tell them, hey, a lot of times, uh, if not all the time, it's for the safeties, not only the drivers but for the horse themselves.
4: Yes, I would agree. I mean that that uh, I I do think that is something that we need to do, and you know another thing too. I mean for for um, you know new fans, like they probably don't really know like how tough skin and and how you know, tough some of these horses are. And, I mean, back in the day, like, you know, they had these big, raw whips, and, uh, you know, I mean, now, like, you never see a horse, um, you know, cut or really welted up from a whip or anything like that. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, it's more of just, you know, a tool. It's a training tool that, you know, goes on, on uh, you know, onto the race
2: with Corey Callan Corey, one more question before we let you go in your opinion, um what do you think the ideal whipping rule is?
4: I think the ideal whipping rule is um you know basically what what they have there at the metal ends. I mean, you know you can you know put both lines in in one hand, but you know you should never be able to reach up up behind your head or anything like that like. You know, it should be, like, keep the elbow tight, you know, and just, I mean, and just hit them that way. Um, you know, I I think it that looks good to the public. I mean, you know, the people that are betting on the horses think that you're trying. And, you know, the people that um, are concerned with the, you know, the horse's um, abuse factor or whatever, you know, don't see really, you know, Pounding on the horse So you know I think that would be the, the best way to go Keep everybody safe Keep a good You know Visual product And uh, you know A good bettable product For the gamblers
2: Driver Corey Callan Corey we certainly Appreciate uh, you joining us Congratulations on your 5,000th win And uh, you'll be getting To 6,000 Really really quick I got a feeling my friend
4: Well let's hope so Marv's already got The sign ready For me there <laughs> in Dover.
0: I'm your captain.
2: Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery. embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Chip Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited.
1: The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standardbreds the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program.
2: Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozic flying solo here today. Mike Carter's got the night off. Don't forget, coming up a little bit later on, it's post time with Mike and Mike's special report. Our industry through the eyes of potential race fans, plus the voice of Rosecroft, Pete Medhurst, will talk about the 2016 Harness Racing Meet as it comes to a close at Rosecroft Raceway tonight. But first, it's our ongoing series of Pompano Park, and right now yes. we joined by the fine track announcer and the director of racing of Pompadour Park Harness Racing's Winter Capital, Gabe Pruitt. Gabe, how are you, my friend?
5: I'm doing well, Mike. I can't believe you gave Carter the night off, but uh, that's okay, I guess.
2: Well, that's all right. He's not going to get uh, his paychecks, not going to be in full. So uh, he'll uh, start complaining about that when he sees it. But uh, listen, Gabe, I know we like to talk to you about Pompano Park, but we always like to uh, keep up to date with you as far as current events go. And uh, we just had a chance to talk with Corey Callahan about Australia's whip free rule coming up later on in 2017, where they are banning whips, not only during the races, but also during training. What say you on this?
5: You know, Mike, uh, I'm an enforce the current rules guy. You know, I don't think that that is a change that is necessary in the industry. However, I think that so uh, we could do a better job of uh, enforcing some of our rules on the books. Um, so that would be where I stand on that.
2: Yeah, I got to agree with you there, I mean, I think it's just enforcing the rules right there. I mean, you know, there are certain situations, especially after talking to Corey, there are certain situations where I think drivers need those whips for safety, not only of themselves, but uh, for the horses. But Gabe, I do have to tell you, I was a little jealous because I saw you put on Twitter about an hour and a half ago. I thought I was the only one to get a Christmas card from the manager, and here I find out <laughs> that you and everybody else got one too, so I guess I'm not alone.
6: <laughs>
5: How good is the manager at, uh, at the Christmas card game, by the way? Yeah, there's, uh, there must have been many of those put out, but um, great uh, racing fan, of course. And, uh, yeah, that was nice to receive. Well, I don't know, I but th- something was
2: wrong with Mike. Cause I, I was jiggling it and jangling it. No check fell out, so uh, you must have got mine from the – You know, uh,
5: I didn't get that either, actually, now that you mentioned it. Uh, it must have still been in the envelope. Luckily, I think I saved it. I haven't thrown it away yet, so I have to double-check tomorrow.
2: I think I also got both of ours. Anyway, uh, it was <laughs> a big weekend weekend. Uh, It was a big weekend uh, or a big past week of racing at Pompano Park, Gabe. And uh, certainly one of the top stories that caught my eye was uh, trainer Mike Dieters getting his 1,000th training win on Tuesday with Prairie Fortune, a horse who's just been on fire at Pompano Park. But what even made this win more special for him, Gabe, was the fact that uh, that was also Mike's first day of uh, chemotherapy and radiation as his uh, cancer uh, fight begins. Uh, Your thoughts on Mike? Certainly that was a, a big, big training win that particular day.
5: So happy for him, uh, Mike. Uh, you know, he, he's a great guy. And, uh, yes, he is battling some uh, some health issues at the moment. Uh, you know, he co-owns Prairie Fortune, one of the top horses in his barn. And, of course, everyone that uh, follows South Florida Racing knows uh, the Prairie horses, Lori uh, Pudlin, of course, the uh, breeder of those. And uh, Lori and Mike just team up, uh, Prairie Sweetheart, Prairie Panther, Prairie Jaguar, you know, Prairie Fortune. They've had so much success. And to see a uh, horse like that to prairie fortune that not only have tremendous success in the portererbret uh program as a youngster, but again he won the open drive the other night that was actually with the uh, one thousandth win so it was great to see uh see him get it done with uh, a horse that I'm sure means a lot to him and uh you know we're all rooting for uh, for mike uh to get through those battles that he's facing now that um you know are much more important than any battles that we uh that we face at the track every night so uh yeah, it was great to see.
2: Gabe, what else happened during the week at Pompano Park? Uh, I know you guys have had some carryovers, and you guys are pretty much at your full uh, week of racing now. You've reached uh, pretty it, much it your was, peak schedule. Tell us what's going on.
5: It was our first five nights uh, per week schedule, and it was a uh, gambler's paradise, to say the least, Mike. Uh, you know, I go back. I'm looking at some of these payouts. We had our first Saturday night of the season for well over $1,500 on that Saturday night. We had a trifecta. Uh, that paid for $2, nearly $17,000. Now, there was only one ticket out on that, but, uh, again, uh, $8,700 changed there. So a huge trifecta. That was actually in an amateur race. And then you wow. fast-forward to Sunday night, um, the 50-cent pick-4, the 50-cent pick-5, both tax tickets, so you have found plenty of value on Sunday night uh, as well. Then on Monday night, we had a pool shot in the 50-cent pick-5 for 3500 and change. Tuesday night, uh, the 50 Cent Pick 4, just a couple of tickets out. It paid nearly $5,000 for 50 cents. And then if you didn't think all oh, that was enough, but last night a pool shot in the 50 Cent Pick 4, nearly $9,000. And then the Jackpot I-5 last night uh, would have been worth uh, right at um, $30,000, Mike. There were two tickets out, though. And as we know, if you had one, that's uh, one too many. And uh, the consolation was <laughs> worth uh, 2300 change. And we've got a carryover of nearly $25,000 in that jackpot I-5 heading into Saturday night.
2: Wow, that is uh, outstanding. Certainly some money to be made. Prospective gamblers out there, if you're listening to this program, may want to hone in on Pompano over the next couple of months because uh, certainly – and I'll tell you what, the handicapping is really, really good down there. It's really formful. One of the questions I had for you, though, now that you're approaching your five-day-a-week schedule and you know, you're know you building from the, the two and the three and the four-day-a-week, does, does the wagering strategy tra- uh, change at all?
5: You know, I think it's just the great thing about it is we don't get a lot of horses shipping in. And, you know, I like that aspect of, you know, I'd like to have a lot more horses, by the way. So if anybody has any horses to bring down, uh, feel free. We might be able to find you some uh, stalls. But that's a whole different point. But, uh, anyway, as far as the handicapping goes, you know, we offer replays on our website uh, free of charge. Of course, live video as well if you want to get on there and check it out. But if you will go put in your time, do your homework, watch these replays. For instance, uh, Mike, last night there was a horse that – uh, won the eighth race. Her name escapes me right now. Uh, she is the second claim for a treader, uh, Richard LaRoe. Dave Ingram actually drove. The horse was hopelessly pinned in the last start. Actually, I believe, gave her out on air for second or third. But she paid 50 bucks to win. Thought where she certainly uh, had a shot. I'm not saying she should have been anywhere near the uh, favorite. But, you know, she should have been maybe a 6-8 to 1 proposition. She gets off 24 to 1, pays 50 bucks. The pick four pays the entire pool, like I said, nearly $9,000. She was the last leg of the pick six. Uh, That was not covered last night. We actually have our largest pick six carryover of the season. Uh, It's north of $5,000 heading into uh, Saturday night. It's a great bet, just a 50-cent minimum and a 15% takeout. Uh, It's a bet that we do well for a consolation. If no one has all six, we're kind of looking forward to that. But the great thing is, uh, Mike, if you do your homework night in, night out, again, take some time, watch the replays back at our site, You know, we don't have horses coming in from everywhere, so you're pretty much just watching uh, the uh, prior Pompano races. And, uh, you know, without a passing lane, you know, occasionally horses do get into uh, some trouble here in the uh, stretch. So I think if you do your homework uh, that you can be well rewarded. You know, we offer 20-cent superfactors on each race, so uh, you can always find some value there and get a lot of uh, mileage for your uh, play. And uh, really night in, night out, we have so many different wagers that offer a carryover potential, you know, whether it's the pick four, the pick five, the pick six, uh, you know, of course, a pent factor, a jackpot I-5. So night in, night out, you just have to take a look at what we've got going on. Maybe you missed uh, the last couple of nights, and lo and behold, we could have a, uh, you know, $10,000 carryover in the pick four. So you really just need to, uh, you know, we race five consecutive nights. We try to get press releases out, you know, each and every day. We're active on Twitter. As well. So you definitely want to just check things out. And, and again, if you've got some time to sit aside and put in your work, I think you're going to be well rewarded.
2: No question about it. Gabe Pruitt from uh, Pompano Park. Gabe, I got to ask you, how's the uh, new job treating you?
5: You know what, uh, Mike? It's a busier winter than I anticipated a few weeks ago. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty much a job that's seven days a week and, um, you know, daylight uh, until dark, but uh, that's how it goes. You know, we're pressing forward and, and it's, it's a lot of fun. If you don't love it, you know, that as well as anyone, you know, it's a, it's an industry that we all love. We're all passionate about and, um. You know, it's just one one additional hat uh, and things that we have to take care of, but uh, it's going well. That is the
2: track announcer and director of racetrack operations at the Isle of Capri Pompano Park, Gabe Pruitt. Gabe, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And, uh, hey, give Pompano a look, all those gamblers out there, because there's certainly a lot of opportunity to make some money. Gabe, we appreciate you joining us, buddy.
5: Thanks, Mike. Have a great night.
2: All right, that was Game Pruitt. Once again, the director of racing and the fine track announcer at Pompano Park, one of the great minds of the harness racing industry and certainly a big, big uh, opportunity for all you gamblers out there to take a look. There's a lot of different ways to make money at Pompano Park. It is our ongoing series. We'll talk to Gabe next week. When we come back, it's a very special report here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, our industry through the eyes of potential race fans. We had a chance to talk to two young people that, uh, well, one of them's first time at the racetrack, the other's first time at the racetrack in a long time. And we'll get their thoughts. It's through their eyes. Coming up next, a very special report on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by America.
1: Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At BetAmerica, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. Any winners of a greatest stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with Inquiry Relief. Only at BetAmerica.com.
7: Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tail. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks, return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second-guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. The owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises. But not here. Not on this day. Not in this race, not with this horse, not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others and be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat.
2: This is a special Post Time with Mike and Mike Report. Our industry through the eyes of potential new Harness Racing fans. I'm Mike Bozich. Over the past two decades, Harness Racing has had minimal success attracting new racing fans. Increased competition for the gambling dollar, lack of a continuous TV presence, and too few or ineffective marketing initiatives have all been to blame. Tonight, we sit down with two young professionals who know little about our sport. Alex Worson a 30-year-old professional musician, and his fiance Pamela Epstein, a 32-year-old web developer. It was the first time in several years since Alex last went to the races. It was Pamela's very first time. Now, Alex, you mentioned that you have been to the racetrack in the past. It's obviously been a while since you've been to the races. What do you remember from the days... Well, not too long ago, because you're only 30, but the days in the past when you used to go to the racetrack. What do you remember from the races then?
8: Uh, Where I used to go was definitely not a very glitzy track, and I remember it being, I was in the summer, and it was usually pretty crowded, and a mixed bag of people there viewing and betting. And for whatever reason, one of the main things that sticks out in my mind are the little bet, betting ticket papers right. all over the place.
0: <laughs>
2: right. kind of like
8: peanuts on a old cowboy bar floor.
2: And did you used to go to Thoroughbred or Harness racing? Harness. Harness, okay. okay. I
8: did go to some, in college, there was a Thoroughbred track that I went to a little bit, which is obviously very different.
2: Without getting into your experiences, because we're going to really dive into the experiences that you and Pamela had right. uh, about a month or a month and a half ago when you went to the racetrack. But is when you went to the racetrack a month or a month and a half ago, was it very similar to the experience that you used to have, or was it different?
8: It was pretty similar, I'd say. I don't. It was a little different in just the venue, and it was a much more beautiful, newer track Sure. and uh, where I went before didn't have the whole casino aspect so that certainly
2: changes it now Pamela I'm going to ask you uh, when Alex said that you guys were going to go to the races <laughs> what was the first thing that popped through your head did you have kind of like a, a an image in your head of what you expected the races to be versus what they actually were um,
3: not really I expected it to be a lot of people just betting um the little difference that i had in my head versus when i got there was that it was a live track because you always see those movies where everybody's Mm -hmm. looking at the screens and betting and yelling at the tv um it was that but it's also live right um so it was a little different but i think i almost got it head on
2: so when you first walked in did you guys have any idea of what to do first? Like, if you wanted to... Obviously, it came for the races. Right. Um, did you have any idea of where to get the program, which is the roster of horses to bet on? Did you have any idea of where to bet? I think the program
8: is probably... You can see the people in their little kiosks. as I remember the program. Right. And, uh, but really...
0: Pamela and I were back. talking like yeah. when
8: we first got there. If you were a completely a complete rookie to the whole thing, you'd be just spinning around in circles.
3: Yeah, definitely didn't know where to go because you have the casino and then the outside where the track is. There wasn't anything or anybody even standing there to ask you, you know, why are you here? Are you looking for the casino? Are you looking for a place to eat? Are you looking for you know the track itself? So are you um, looking for live tellers yeah. or a
8: machine? Which I had never seen the machine aspect before. That's a difference than where I voted, or where I bet before it was all live tellers.
3: Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like a Walmart where you look up at the signs and right, you see aisle number and what's in that aisle. <laughs>
2: right. When you guys saw the very first race, mm-hmm. um, what were your impressions of that particular race? What were your impressions of the horses racing around a circle? I'll throw this to you first, Pamela. Oh.
3: Well, I thought it was really cool, just the jockeys themselves, did I get that right? They're jockeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the horses and just how it all came together, uh, when I first saw it, I had no idea what was going on, what the numbers meant on the board, um, why there was a car out on the uh, track with them and everything. So. I just thought it was fascinating. She
8: didn't Uh, even know they were going to be sooks. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It was still really fascinating, but I wish I knew a little bit more about it um, to understand it. And as the race went on and the races kept going, Alex was able to explain it to me a little bit better.
2: Now, obviously Alex knew a little bit about it. Yes. Um, you knew nothing about it. Nothing about it. So say, for example, if you were to go either by yourself or with a couple of people, a couple of your friends maybe that really didn't even have any idea of what was going on, would you have the ambition or the want, based on what you currently know now, to dive into it and to learn more about it or not?
3: I think I would just because I thought it was so. It was just so cool just being there, the experience, and hearing the announcer and the horses go and trying to, you know, which one's going to win. And uh, I definitely would, but I think that if I went by myself or with a bunch of girls or whatever, mm-hmm. people around us probably would have been really annoyed because we would have been like, what's going on? What's happening? Why is it doing it this way? Um, so for anybody, especially a female, that isn't that familiar with it, it would be helpful if there was somebody, because it's like a stadium, somebody maybe asking if you need help. They see that you don't have a um, a pamphlet or anything. Oh, here's a pamphlet. Do you know anything? Do you want to know a little bit more? So just as a female, I thought I could have gotten more out of it if I knew more.
2: Right. Alex, I'll throw this next one at you now. We'll talk about the good, and then we'll talk about maybe the not so good, uh, maybe stuff that the sport can do to bring people like you guys in um alex what did you think was cool about the race
8: uh i really the venue was nice especially from where i was used to being and there's more to do in between races like i said where i had been in the past there was there was no gambling and no casino outside of betting on the races so unless you went over and watched the simulcast races in between every race you didn't really have much to do uh the food was pretty good too we actually ate there at the track and uh there's a lot more i think there's just more to do at this particular track but that's not Horse-related, which is probably what you want more horse-related things. So,
2: so, so you, so you feel that there is plenty. of... It's comfortable.
8: Of I really like it's. A, there's a lot of space. Um, it's a beautiful location. The track is beautiful, and so
2: you, so you feel that there is plenty to do or enough to do between races. What do you think about I, the time between races? There, too yeah, long, too short.
8: I'd mm-hmm. say. That, I think that's the biggest thing is the time between races. I, I, I was surprised that they didn't have more screens around even if it was one central big screen showing other races happening or uh, I think one thing that would be very beneficial to everybody, including the track would be something to make betting a little less intimidating. And I mean you've got five ten minutes between races you could put up a whole thing about how to bet even if it's just simple bets. But I've bet before, and we got up to that machine and were confused as to why I put in $6 and it wasn't enough or why there was a dollar left over and I couldn't get rid of it. or. Uh, but I do really like the machine aspect. I think right. that I think more machines, the better, honestly, because you're not rushed. I know when you go up to a teller and you don't know what you're doing, it's really intimidating to try to figure out what you're supposed to say, what a box means, what a trifecta is, whereas when you go up to the little machines, Mm -hmm. which they had plenty of all over the place, Mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of take your time and make mistakes and cancel out and see it all a little
2: better. What did you think was cool about it, Pamela? Uh,
3: Well, (laughs) I did like the machines. That was pretty neat Uh, to try to figure it out yourself. Um, I mean, I'm pretty computer savvy, but I think if I wanted to go bet uh, I would have a lot of questions as to, like you said, you know, why do I have a dollar left over, why aren't I able to bet on, you know, these races yet, or any more, or anything like that, um, and there was plenty of food to eat, I did enjoy the food, and I'm a picky eater, and I thought there was a restaurant there, and everything, and of course, the slot More food and, would help. Yeah, more food, more selection, Variety. And in between, like, I, I don't, I, I didn't, this is the first time we were there, and I don't know a lot about it, but... I'm used to when there's alcohol or a bar, mm-hmm. maybe like specials, and in between the races, you know, maybe there's a special of the day or, you know, come and eat at this restaurant because we have X, Y, Z or something. Just a little bit more information in between the races, then uh, I'd probably spend more
2: money. So both of you guys agree that there needs to be more fan education.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, like, I think that's
2: the biggest thing about what to do when you first get in there, where to go, where to, go to get out the program. What how you're do do looking we... for in the
8: horses, how to read a program really. Like right. Pamela said, you'd see the horses come out and they'd have two numbers on them and or a number and a letter or whatever it was. And oh, yeah. it what, took us it, like, a while to race, figure out that it was the, the race number and the number of the horse. Yeah. right? So, uh,
3: I remember that aha moment.
8: Yeah and just <laughs> it's all very much set up for people that know what they're doing. And especially in the day when we went where there weren't a whole lot of people, it felt even more kind of unsure, like, what you were supposed to be doing, where you were supposed to be, when you were supposed to be. I'd say they could do a better job at announcing when the races are happening, too, if you're inside, because if you're not paying attention, you'll think you're on... Race six and suddenly be on eight or nine.
3: Yeah, they <laughs> right. should have people walking around with those big buttons. Can I help you?
2: <laughs> with all that being said, the discussion we just had, would you guys consider coming back for a night out to the races? Oh totally. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, even with the standing around.
3: There's that rush. I get it. Why everybody right. likes to go to. There's that rush that you get, the excitement.
2: And and in a, and I know we've discussed a lot of this, but maybe in a short answer. Um, What can racing do to, like, if you were going to come out maybe once a year, what do you think the sport can do in general as an entertainment option to make you guys consider coming out more? Alex, if you want to
8: start? I'd say really fill the time between the races, because even though we were at a casino and you could wander off and find something, you don't want to be leaving where all the excitement is uh, and then... That would then in turn get more people there. I think having obviously at any sporting event or event you, the more people the more exciting it is. Pamela
3: I totally do agree during the time because between each race there's X amount of time um,
8: I could you can only eat so much yeah <laughs> yeah
3: or I could go in and say I'm gonna check out the slots and then never come back because there's that time that I went upstairs. Um, But definitely more education, Uh, make it more exciting for me to be there by giving me the education of why I'm there, what I'm seeing, Um, let me understand it, so I do want to come back because now I know, wow, I know how a horse race works.
2: So according to our new prospective fans, we need things to do in between races. We need food and drink specials. We found out that racing needs to embrace technology. But one of the big things we found out is we desperately need fan education. How to wager, how to read the program, types of wages. Even the smallest things, like horses warming up between races, need to be explained. However, one thing, at least to me anyway, is that we have an exciting product. A product that is good enough to compete in today's world. For Post Time with Mike and Mike, I'm Mike Bozic. Up next, it's the voice of Rosecroft Raceway, Pete Medhurst, and he'll talk to us a little bit about the first season of the Maryland Oval under new ownership. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca.
1: Get a huge boost to your bankroll for all of summer's best racing at Bet America. All new players can double their first deposit up to $300 with Bet America's 100% deposit bonus. That's the biggest sign up bonus in the industry. Sign up today and start playing the Bet America way.
2: We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by BetAmerica. Mike Bozich, along with the track announcer of Rosecroft Raceway, Pete Medhurst. Pete, how are you, my friend?
6: Mike, how you doing, buddy? Happy holidays.
2: Happy holidays to you, and uh, everybody forgive the voice. Of course, we're taping this a day before, because, uh, Pete, right now you're announcing the closing day of the 2016 Harness Racing Meet at Rosecroft. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but first, I uh, wanted to ask you, last Saturday... Uh, as you've been for uh, certainly the last few years, you had a chance to uh, call the Army Navy game. Of course, you're the radio voice of uh, Navy Athletics, and I just wanted to ask you because that certainly has to be uh, one of the great American traditions, and that has to mean a lot to you, especially uh, emotionally wise, to to call that great event. Huh?
4: No doubt about it. And I
6: think you know the the thing you have to always keep uh, in mind is you know, exactly what those young people on both sides signed up for. I mean, yeah, they're playing Division One athletics, but eventually, Mike, they're going to be, you know, flying planes, you know, commanding submarines. Uh, they're going to be Army Rangers. They're going to be Navy SEALs pulling, you know, people like uh, Saddam Hussein out of, you know, holes in the ground so they can protect uh, our freedom and that uh, of the world. And I think as long as you keep that, Uh, in perspective when you're watching uh, the game and and knowing that that's what those young people are going to be doing in the future, uh, it certainly gives you a much greater appreciation for what, quote, college football uh, was, used to be, and at least uh, for one Saturday during the course of the year. You know, we throw a lot of the big money out the window, and and these two teams give us uh, college football in its uh, purest form.
2: Yeah, certainly one of the great American traditions. Uh, Pete, uh he's currently announcing the uh, last day of the 2016 Harness Racing Meet at Rosecroft, and and obviously going into the meet, Pete, uh, there was a lot of question marks. I think uh, everybody was cautiously optimistic about what the Stronic Group and, and the Maryland Jockey Club would bring to Rosecroft, but I would certainly say that I think a lot of people have to be pleasantly surprised. Uh, going into the meet, Pete, uh, before the meet actually started, what are what were some of the thoughts of uh, some of the people and uh, yourself going in?
6: Well, I mean, I think a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the big question from the fans originally was, you know, hey, are they in it for the long haul? Uh, and and I think uh, every every bit uh, they are in it for the long haul. Um, these are people that are uh, proud horse business people and. You know, I, I think in many cases, guys like Sal Sinatra, Tim Ritvo, I think these guys uh, enjoy a little bit of a challenge, and uh, there's no doubt that Rosecroft uh, is a challenge from a horse racing business standpoint. But uh, as we have seen at times during the course of this meet, uh, we, you know, especially the last couple of Tuesdays, which when TVG has taken our entire card, we've seen a, a nice boost in the handle. We had the Potomac Pace that you know, they, the Shronach group stepped up and said, Hey, let's do this. I mean, you know, a hundred thousand dollar race at Rosecroft. I mean, all bets off and the best horses, the best older horses that were in training at that time, Shambhala, uh, Scott Zeron, Dave Miller, Tim Tietrich are all there driving Matt to and I mean, it's, it's just a, it was a surreal feeling to, to see that, wow, this race was happening at Rosecroft. And I think that was the moment for me when it really galvanized. And I said, man, you know, these guys are really in it for the long haul. Next year we're going to go to three days a week uh, during the spring meet uh, after the first uh, couple of weeks uh, of the meet. So uh, I think when you you look at uh, the future and you look at what we've accomplished this fall, um, I, I think it's it's far surpassed uh, anybody's uh, expectations uh, because I'm not sure I'm not sure there could be any. I'm not sure what there were. I'm not sure what you would expect. I think it was more about survival, and and were were we going to be here uh, still at the end of the meet?
2: Yeah, that one hundred thousand dollar Potomac Pace. That was a great race, and like you say, got the really good coverage from TBG. I mean, social media was certainly buzzing. But some other changes too, Pete. I mean, you guys got the the brand new tote board that really looks awesome. You guys got a little bit of a facelift uh, in the building. I know they did some work in the paddock. What were uh, what were some of the reactions of the fans? Is they saw some of this taking place. I mean, a lot of the fans at Rosecroft is, and I've called there many times, Rosecroft has a real solid fan base. They certainly have to be pleased with the changes going on.
6: Well, I think certainly it's a loyal fan base. There's no question about that. And I think, you know, I think the bigger changes will come now, between now and spring when we open up now that uh, Stronach uh, has a, a full possession. They really didn't get possession. Uh, of the place until uh, late, right before the fall meet began. So I think even more change. I think the tote board has been universally uh, accepted. Um, you know, Gabe Pruitt uh, inquired to me about the, about it because I think they're interested in doing, they would like to do something similar to that down at the Red Mile. And, you know, I, I think that the tote board uh, was quite an investment. Laurel has one. And what I, what I what I liked was is they you know they basically treated us just like they do their Laurel property, and I think again that's another one of the uh, the things that you look at and you go, man, these guys are really serious about um, you know making this place. And I, and I think the fans noticed. I mean, the fans. I mean, you know, especially your diehard fans, they're the ones that know the place inside and out. In fact, sometimes they may know the place better than management because they probably go places that management doesn't go, like you know the concession stand the restrooms, outside, you know, to watch the races. So they they do a lot of the – your fans really probably can tell you as much as anybody about your facility, and I think so far so good in terms of the fan reaction, um, and and that of the horsemen as well for uh, at least a a start of getting things going uh, in a better direction back in the paddock, and and obviously uh, the ship-in barn area, which, uh, let's face it, in in most places are ship-ins now, and you've got to give the horsemen – Uh, something of a reasonable quality to ship into uh, if that's what it's going to be, if it's going to be a ship-in type operation.
2: Visiting with Pete Medhurst, the voice of Rosecroft Raceway. Pete, tell us about some of the action on the racetrack, Uh, some of the leading horses, drivers, trainers, maybe some moments that uh, stuck out to you during the 2016 fall meet.
6: Well, Tuesday night we honored Diamond Keeper as the Rosecroft horse of the meet, and um, what a year for this horse, 12 wins, 35 starts, uh, 23 wins over two years now, Mike. and I mean, you know, in, in this business, no matter where you're racing, winning is hard. And for a horse to be that consistent, uh, just a tremendous credit to Basil Sapienza, uh, the owner-trainer, and uh, his regular pilot, Roger Plant, uh, for keeping him in position uh, against the very best on the ground. I mean, he's in that winner's over at Open Company uh, pretty much every week. Uh, at Rosecroft and did not have to come down the class ladder. I think that's the most impressive thing. When you do it against the very best on the grounds uh, week in and week out, uh, that's the most impressive thing there. Our driver's race is coming down to the last night of the meet. Russell Foster won the finale on Tuesday night to take a one-win lead over Roger Plant, 50-49. to uh, Going into the final night, training standings, Brian Burton and Ken Schlotzauer. Schlotzauer's been a, a stalwart atop the – training standings of the last few meets but brian burton has had the meat of his life and uh they are tied with 17 wins joe Offitt is one back with 16 after a three bagger on tuesday night they've really been buoyed by a lot of uh, fresh stock here of late that uh, they've purchased uh, at sales here uh, in the recent week so i think that's the fun part too i mean you look at the you look at the competition uh you look at the The types of races that we've had. We've consistently, Mike, had an upper level race, either an open or a winner's over. And uh, Race Secretary Pete Hanley, the last couple of weeks, has made it a Maryland special where it was Maryland owned. So, you know, the Maryland horses, the Maryland horsemen, who are your bread and butter, you know, they get a chance to to race for for that big money the last couple of weeks uh, of the meet. So I think that's, I thought that, I think that's a great gesture and to, to see the types of horses we've been able to get, um, and, and I think to see a, a trainer like Bruce Saunders bring a couple of horses down here uh, during the course of the meet, I think it kind of gives you an indication of, you know, A, what they think of the track, the track surface. The track surface is phenomenal. It's one of the fastest 5 eighths mile tracks uh, in the country. In fact, I would probably put it up there right behind Pocono, uh, quite frankly, uh, when all things are even weather-wise. Uh, probably the number 2 5 5/8 5.8-mile track in the country just because of what you can get out of it uh, from a speed standpoint. Uh, rock and Roll Jet Buddy Bright's horse had uh, an unbelievable year here, uh, winning a couple of times in under 151. So from my standpoint as an announcer, it's been a very exciting meet to call because of the quality uh, of the races and the good storylines that have developed uh, throughout the meet as well.
2: One final question, Pete, before we let you go, Uh, not only uh, Rosecroft Raceway, but the state of Maryland, as far as harness racing is concerned, has really rebounded over the last few years. Of course, you have the racing at Ocean Downs during the summer. Uh, And I think you've already touched on it, but uh, I think we should revisit it. Uh, What's coming up in 2017, not only for Rosecroft, uh, Pete, but uh, Maryland harness racing in general?
6: Well, I mean, I think here's the thing. I mean, the next step in my opinion is the horsemen have to I think now that they see Rosecroft going to a three night a week uh, meet the ocean had terrific purses during the summer I think if you're a Maryland horseman I think you can I think you can go invest in a better level of horse now the one thing I will always say that has been a little bit of a distraction is you know we've had some people racing the same horses pretty much since we reopened a few years ago and and some of them, quite frankly, are not that competitive. But the purses are so good now, Mike, that I think you can invest in a higher level of course. I think the offense are a perfect example of that. They've, they've gone out and done that here over the last couple of weeks, and they've freshened up the barn a little bit. I think for some of these other trainers, it's time to freshen up your barn uh, a little bit. And if you do, uh, I think you're going to be handsomely rewarded because of the purses now that you're going to be able to race for starting in March at Rosecroft through the summer at ocean downs and then back in the fall again uh at rosecroft raceway so i think for a maryland horseman the time is now uh, to upgrade your barn uh at the sales here uh, in the off season because i think there's a potential reward uh for you out there the sire stakes program's got uh, more horses uh coming so you're going to see better fields there you're going to see more full field uh in terms of the sire stakes so invest in a a young Maryland bred. I mean, uh, look at Cam's rocket. I- I've never seen anything like it, Mike. It-, it doesn't matter whether he, you breed him to a pacing mare or a trotting mare. No matter what it, it comes out, the horse seems to be able to go uh, because he has become a dominant sire on both the pacing and trotting side uh, in a sire stakes company uh, for Richard Hans. It's been one of the most unbelievable things uh, that I've ever seen. So uh, I think the time is now to go ahead and invest in a in a better caliber of horse, And you know what, Mike, you, you, you never know when you're going to get lucky. You never know when that horse is going to turn out to be that horse. And maybe a horse that at times you can sneak up the road to Chester or to Pocono or to somewhere else uh, if they outgrow uh, the open on the Maryland level. So I think the time is, is now to invest in something a little bit higher quality because I think you have a chance uh, for a reward down the road.
2: Pete Medhurst, the voice of uh, Navy Athletics and the voice of Rosecroft Raceway. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. We're looking forward to 2017, and happy holidays to you and yours.
6: Hey, Same to you guys as well. The show has been an unbelievable success, Mike. It's been fun to listen to uh, throughout the year and the continued success for you guys in the new year.
2: Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Chip Winsky a call at 508-485-5522, that's 508-485-5522, or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com, that's EmbroideryUNL.com, Embroidery Unlimited. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's the stable.ca.
3: Hey, I'm Chantelle Sutherland Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way.
2: And we're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't forget to join us next week, seven o'clock post on Thursday at our website, Post Time with Mike dot com. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Special thanks to our guests here today, the Captain Clee Callahan, Pete Methurst, Gabe Pruitt, and our ongoing series with Pompano Park and our special report with Pamela and Alex Wilson. Also don't forget to listen to BetAmerica.com. Backslash Barn, all right of our cargo. Carter, at first time next Thursday, 7 o'clock. Good night, everybody.
0: Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. No one wants to take me home